All right, y'all. I'm I'm not I'm not going to go through the high the the intro music is gone. We've the moment has passed. But welcome, welcome, welcome to TNT season two, episode five or episode eighty six, depending on what universe you live in. As you can see, I'm joined by my co-founders in Good Vibes Gaming, Ash Paulson in the upper left, Derek Bittner in the lower right, and our special guest Damiani of the Easy Allies in the lower left. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. I am very excited to have you back on. I feel like a lot has changed, yeah, except man. for the fact that we have audio <laughs> problems. That is <laughs> that, that, that will remain days. consistent throughout. <laughs> um, but we have a ton of stuff to talk about on the show today. It feels like I haven't gotten to do this in a while. Uh, so forgive the right. ring rust, if you will. But uh, we have Steam. Uh, a story about Steam games coming to consoles. We have a new Donkey Kong game, maybe, kind of, sort of. A lot of cool stuff happened in the last couple of days, and I'm excited to have you on specifically to discuss it. Um, so with that said, we have nothing else to get to except for the news, right? Uh, so let's yeah, go no ahead and get... For today, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still like working my oh, way actually, back out no of vacation what? mode. Oh. Sorry, Steve, we do have something to get to. You have, of course, been on uh, vacation with your wonderful family for the past couple of days, and as I mentioned to you last night, we have not gotten to hype with you about Lost Judgment yet. Yeah, we need to talk about that. Good thing that ties into the first story. Yeah, that's what exactly. Really what does. Well. Yeah, exactly. Um, man, I have watched this Lost Judgment trailer probably five or six times now over the past couple of days, and I am fucking hyped. I cannot wait to play this <laughs> game. It, I mean, one. It goes to uh, Yokohama, which is interesting. So we have some stronger ties to uh, Like a Dragon, which we'll be talking about here in just a sec. Uh, but that trailer, I mean, the few like shots of kind of gore that you see in, in just that announced trailer are worse than anything I saw in the original Judgment, man. Like, <laughs> they showed like a rotting corpse and, you know, just like bugs all over it and stuff, which I thought was a little fur like more hardcore than those series would typically go. Uh, the the thing I find interesting though, is they kind of reveal what the, what the mystery is right at the beginning. You know, this guy is saying that he killed this dude. He's just admitting to it and mm -hmm. no one seems to really believe him. And I'm like, yes, I want to dig my teeth or <laughs> I want to sink my teeth into this so bad, especially after playing, you know, I'm, I'm on a detective kick, Ash, you and I just finished, uh, reviewing Famicom detective club, both versions. Um, and that was you know, like it, it kind of wet my appetite for for more uh, murder mystery kind of stuff, and I like the fact that we're going to be seeing more of this in uh, in Lost Judgment. I think though, uh, I what I want to see is uh, how this takes advantage of the PlayStation 5's hardware or or next gen hardware. I think that you know the port of Judgment that we recently all got to play uh, was was a nice little showcase of what could be. But I'm hoping that we see right. further visual enhancements and, you know, decreased loading times and stuff like that. I think the Judgment Port did a good job of showing us that RGG Studio is getting familiar with next-gen hardware, but doesn't necessarily take full advantage of all that stuff just yet. Um, Damiani, have you played uh, any of the Judgment games, or are, are these not up your alley? <laughs> so this is the, yeah, this is funny, because uh, also the Easy Allies community, I mean, a lot of the guys there are huge Yakuza fans and also Judgment fans. And uh, yeah, getting uh, getting Ben Moore or uh, Michael Huber for this would have been like perfect. I am <laughs> the least experienced with uh, these games, um, and it's hilarious because my roommate uh, across from me, who is Matthew Simmons from Yo Video Games, has also played all of them. It's like I had a chance to like just like go over there and watch and stuff, and like I didn't even do that. But 
the buzz around uh, like a dragon and now the the lost judgment announcement and the bigger announcements about like the future of the series how the two are going to be their established pillars in each genre now how i guess that's like kind of like sorry the segue to the yakuza story <laughs> was the uh you know that one of them is going to be yakuza is going to continue forward as a uh, turn-based rpg series and judgment is going to be like that action pillar um i feel like maybe now is the time to get in because it feels like things are kind of speeding up and, and and getting even bigger for this series because like a dragon was huge was like their biggest entry in in the series which probably explains why they're gonna make it an rpg <laughs> series going forward because people really like yeah. that and uh it looks like they're gonna be turning these out very quickly because you said lost judgment announced coming what september 24th i expect like yakuza 8 to be like announced like at e3 or something like this it's so hot right now just right. like keep it keep that train yeah. going yeah i um, i couldn't agree more go ahead ash yeah, no, I, well, and as Steve and Derek already know, and a lot of our patrons already know, I have been playing Yakuza Like a Dragon. It's my first Yakuza game, not for lack of interest, just speak for lack of time, but I finally got it, started playing Yakuza Like a Dragon, and I'm about halfway through now, I think a little bit more than halfway, and Damiani, I cannot tell you enough how much you need to play this game. I cannot recommend it <laughs> highly enough. It is so special. It is so, it's just wonderful. And so if you're if you're looking for a good entry point, speaking as someone who also hasn't played 0 through 7, I okay. or zero through six. I highly recommend it as an entry point. It is so good, so good. It's the one yeah. that looked the most appealing to me from the trailers. Honestly, like making it into an RPG, it, it worked. It, it it was very clever as a hook. It, it, for whatever reason, just seeing like the older games, like that weren't as intriguing to me at first, just on a surface level. But yeah, the goofiness, the insane, like the, the attacks they were showing, however the top it was, it was just like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I'm kind of in for this. It's also a time thing with all the other stuff I've been playing and oh, working on. You. It's But the summer coming up, maybe there'll be some downtime after E3. It's like, all right, you know, it's time to get into Yakuza. And it's good to hear, Ash, that it's a good yeah. entry point still to get in on the series. I've said this on the show before, but I have never gone from not knowing who a character is to wanting them in Smash as fast as I have Ichiban Kasuga, <laughs> the main character of Yakuza Like a Dragon. It really is that good, man. And I have every intention to play Yakuza 0. I hear that's an, an amazing entry point as well. It is. But I, I cannot recommend Like a Dragon highly enough. Yeah. So, I, I, oh, go ahead. It's, it's, so much, it's so funny how much we all talk about this series when only Steve, and even then, not really... <laughs> played this series like we've played so little of it yet we talk about it constantly it feels like my my Um, fandom knows no bounds and and i'm just not going to get a chance to get to yakuza zero because of just time until after i finish horizon as part of my stream series so yeah it'll be a little bit but i do plan to get to it i do plan to get to it i only won zero through five so we'll get there it is absolutely worth your time and as a Damiani suggested uh, there is more news about like a dragon that was that came out today so I'm gonna throw that up on screen real quick so we can just keep this conversation going really yeah <laughs> and uh, this comes to us courtesy of Nibel on Twitter Sega's Shuji Utsumi told Famitsu that Yakuza 7 or like a dragon if you're following was the most successful title in the franchise worldwide he also stated that Sega wants to globally expand Atlas games by releasing them simultaneously worldwide and possibly yes. on multiple <laughs> platforms uh, this is good news I mean I'm glad to see that such a critically acc- acclaimed game is also translating into sales success uh same you know i i'm torn 
because I don't necessarily want to see Yakuza go full-on RPG for all of its mainline entries. Uh, but at the same time, now we have Judgment as kind of a spinoff, which could carry the torch of, like, the action-based uh, element. With, you know, And I, I personally like the storytelling in Judgment a little bit better than Yakuza. Um, <laughs> but I, would, I, I don't want to see RGG Studio just become an RPG factory of sorts. I, I want them to stay true to the core gameplay that made Yakuza famous. Yeah. Well, it sounds would... like they're. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Damiani. That was going to be my biggest question. As someone who is not experienced in this series, how does that announcement come off? Is is the announcement that Judgment will be carrying the action torch enough to satiate Yakuza fans who, you know, like that style? And is like, how does that the, the announcement that, that that studio might only be focusing on RPG style games going forward? Like, yeah, is there any kind of, like, resentment to that, or is it more optimistic feel uh, feel you have? Uh, it's funny. I've been kind of monitoring, not monitoring, but I've been checking out some of the response, responses to that news on Resetera, just kind of seeing how people feel, just kind of get the, the pulse, like you were saying, Damiani, and it is very much divided. Some people are like, oh. hell yeah, this makes me so excited. Bring on Yakuza 8, JRPG turn-based, fuck yeah. And then there are other people who are like, I've lost Yakuza. Yakuza means nothing to me anymore. It's over. What happened to this <laughs> series? My life is over. Like they're they're very passionate responses on both sides of the aisle, and so this does seem to be quite divisive. And, and I, I'm not sure that Judgment uh, staying that you know that kind of action brawler oh, style true. is enough to pull the people who are unhappy about this, you know, back toward RGG Studio. It seems like. Yeah, I, I'm kind of torn on it myself as a fan of both games. I, I like the older games. I like the action elements to them. But I also really like Like a Dragon. I think it's a, a fantastic game. But I think a lot of that uh, comes down less on the mechanical and gameplay side of things and more on the writing and the, the storytelling in that specific game. Because Ichiban is an amazing character. I love him. <laughs> they they deliver right. really well on, on a balance between comedy and action that I think a lot of games kind of miss the mark on. And I so for me, it's kind of like I think that it's uh, a bit more accessible because of the way they design the game. But also, I'm not sure that people are... I don't think people are playing like a dragon and loving it because it's an RPG. I think that just happens to be one of the things that makes it interesting to people because it's, you know, the next big entry in a series and they completely flip the genre. So that kind of draws eyes to it. And then people realize like, wow, the, the writing's really good. The characters are funny. Uh, you know, the serious moments still work despite all the comedic stuff uh, that goes on in other parts of the game. So, I mean, but that being said, I guess I wouldn't be upset if, you know, if, if, Yakuza does become an RPG series and we still have judgment to kind of deliver that classic hit that a lot of folks are looking for from a gameplay perspective. I think both games uh, do amazing jobs of, of uh, you know, being action games or RPGs respectively. I'm, I'm not, I guess I wouldn't be upset if, if this is the route they take, but I hope that they continue to experiment with the series and, and, you know, pull it in directions that people don't expect them to, because I think that's probably more exciting than anything else for me. I will sure. say when I hear people talk about the Yakuza series, it's always about the characters. Uh, that's what always seems to stand is, out yeah. the most. Like you hear about the characters, yeah. you hear about um, uh, oh, I forget the, the the town name, but the, how the town oh, evolves. Kamarachi. With, yeah, Camaracho. 
uh, how it evolves for each game and changes the different arcade, all the different mini games and all the crazy things you'll do there. Very little is actually said about the main plots other than cure you as best dad. Uh, and, <laughs> um, he is, and the combat. I see a few mentions here and there about how the combat has kind of shifted, but it never seems to be the thing that pulls people towards Yakuza. And same thing with like a dragon. So one one thing I, I think that works uh, really heavily in Like a Dragon's favor is that you know Ichiban himself, he's basically a big nerd. He, he's a gamer. He, he loves JRPGs. He loves Dragon Quest, and the story and, and the characterization leans heavily into that because you're playing through the game through, through Ichiban's eyes, right? And so when you get into a fight with random punks and, and weird ass people on the street, they've got like these demonic red eyes, and like he sees them as monsters. He sees them as you know monsters in his own you know his friends are his party he's in his own dragon quest game and the game leans really heavily into the comedy that comes from that despite the story itself being pretty dark and dramatic uh you know the overarching plot and they really strike that it shouldn't work it's so dissonant with the comedy aspect and the the drama aspect but for some reason they're able to strike that that perfect chord between the two and and uh, i think you know that it helps that they're turning the series into a jrpg style game along with this character who just sees himself as a as an rpg character it's a lot of fun um also as jake pelka in our live audience patron chat says like a dragon's original soundtrack though pure bliss dude <laughs> don't even get me started on like a dragon soundtrack it is the, those battle themes are just they're such bangers and um <sighs> it's funny one of my best friends he is like the hardest core Yakuza fan. He's played all of them. He's 100% at all of them. And that's obviously, as you all know, a huge undertaking. Jeez. He's like, and he, and he 100% at judgment. He loves judgment. And he could not be happier with all this. He's like, hey, I don't get the haters. I'm, I love Yakuza 0 through 6. I love Like a Dragon. I'm cool with it staying JRPG. I can't wait for Lost Judgment. He's very happy with it all. So there are people out there who, who are at least okay with it, even though they're hardcore fans. Yeah. I would say, as an outsider looking in, this is like the, the this series is at the moment where it can really explode into something huge. I, I feel like it's a mm -hmm. it's like Fire Emblem Three Houses moment where this series is like going to cement yeah. itself as like a massive, huge series up there with the biggest names. Which is very someone who hasn't played this but heard all the praise you know said about this series. It seems absolutely deserving of this moment, and sometimes that requires change you know it, it, to get bigger you, you can't stay stagnant and it seems like sega has really huge plans for this series and this is the the, the step that's getting them there and i i think it's very fitting that you know they're gonna have like something that will try and continue the the action style with judgment but like we're gonna push this rpg series in, in, even further because one thing i did hear is that the the rpg combat wasn't the thing that was necessarily hooking you in and keeping you coming back it was the characters and the story and he, he, like ichiban specifically was yep. like you're here for that you're here for that right. but the rpg mechanics could definitely you know use some work so there's definitely room to go up there and it'll be in, in, interesting to see where they go with that i i do have a question though about this with the, this the this series kind of exploding it does feel like we're getting a lot of Yakuza announcements in succession here for the last few years. Is there any concern from any of you that this series might suffer from fatigue if they keep coming out too quickly? Like, too much of a good thing? Or do you think they should, like, keep their foot on the gas with this? I think the reason there was all so many announcements so soon is because a lot of them were remakes or re-releases. Um, now that that's all out there, I think it can slow down. 
you, you know what? Right, I mean, they have in... Oh, go ahead, Steve. I was going to say I agree with Damiani. I think you, you absolutely can have too much of a good thing. Uh, these games have a reputation for being incredibly long. And when you... Yeah. I, I know personally, you know, I'm still not very far into Like a Dragon. I love the game, and I know that I'll continue to love it, but I'm not that deep into it. And I'm already thinking about, like, crap, Judgment came out before I finished Like a Dragon. I had to go play that, <laughs> yeah. review that, and now we're just a few months away from the sequel to Judgment. We're four months out. And I guarantee you I will not have beat Like a Dragon by the time Lost Judgment comes out. And then I'll have to circle Which back to that. Out. And by the time Lost Judgment comes out, there will probably be a Yakuza 8 announcement. <laughs> and I'll... I'll I, it gets daunting to think about. It gets daunting to think about. I want to play these 70, 80 hour games. I, I still want to play Persona yeah. 5, goddammit, but I don't <laughs> yeah. have that kind of time. And so yeah. it does get to a point where, I, where I'll look at a game like Yakuza 8, a hypothetical Yakuza 8, and I'll say, man, I still haven't beat 7. I'm just going to have to pass. I'm, I'm going to wait. And eventually that waiting just turns into complete inaction and I don't buy those games because I feel so backlogged by them already. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think that there's a real, totally they, they need to consider the consumer and how much time that person has. And I do think that it would behoove them to slow down a little. Um, but like Derek said, I do think that now that remakes are out the door and that kind of stuff is out of the way that maybe they can afford themselves some breathing room. I just personally hope that they take it. I do too, and and I, I think you brought up a lot of great points there, Steve. I mean, I, it, you know, when we do decide to play, you know, the, when we are lucky enough to be able to play a 70, 80 hour game, right? It, it, we're doing so with the knowledge that we're going to have to sacrifice the chance to play certain other games to do so. You know, I'm about 50 hours into Yakuza Like a Dragon, and that sounds like a lot, but I started playing when the PS5 version came out in early March. We're two months out from that now, and I'm still barely halfway through the game, a little more than halfway. And that's across two months. And so like you said, Steve, once Lost Judgment comes out, you're not going to have beaten Yakuza Like a Dragon. There's no way. And I probably will have barely beaten it <laughs> at the rate I'm currently going. <laughs> and so I do I do agree. I hope they do kind of take a, take a bit of a break uh, just to let the players catch up. But then, of course, I'm sure there are other people out there who have plenty of time on their hands, way more than we do. And it's like, no, keep them coming. Give me every 90-hour Yakuza game you can and I'll play them all to completion. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, one thing One thing we mention a lot on this show is that when you work in games, in any, in any form, whether you're in yeah. PR, whether you're making games, or whether you're actually reporting on games like all of us here on the show tonight, you don't play nearly as many games as most of the people that are fans of your work. Uh, I went... You know, I spent the last week with my brother and my mom and, and visiting family. And, of course, none of them work in games. And my brother has powered through so much stuff that I just haven't been able to beat. He's, like, got a shelf full of games. He's like, yeah, I already beat Returnal, like, three days ago. I'm like, I haven't beat Returnal. And I got it, yeah. like, two weeks before it came out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, it, it amazes me the kind of time you can set aside when you're not working on games in some capacity. Still working yeah. my way through Resident Evil Village, so <laughs> yeah, I got Resident Evil Village. Yeah. I picked that up. I don't know why. I don't have time, but but I want yeah, to play exactly. it. Exactly. And you know, and and by no, the way, no, on top I, of I, you know, the, working on it. Then the other side of that is that like those you know getting fifty hours into Yakuza Like a Dragon over the past two months, that also has come at the at the cost of I'm not playing anything else actively other than the games I'm reviewing, like Famicom Detective Club. Obviously, that you know that took precedent and and uh, other stuff, but 
in general. It's not as though I'm playing that and Resident Evil Village and Returnal and any number of other things. Like I had to pick and choose one, and I was like, I really want to experience this game. Sorry, other games. Well, I'll get to you maybe never, but I'm going to try. <laughs> hey, I do my best to get to as much as I can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And streaming. I mean, it's funny because like you like playing games for assignments, but it also makes me think about the, the whole review process as in the traditional review is that is that even with so many games coming out, is that the most viable like use of time anymore for covering games? Because there is so many things out there to like play. Do you do you? Do you do you need to play a game to completion or can like and, and do a proper review? You know, these questions start coming up because time gets more precious. More and more games are going to keep coming out. Games seem to be getting longer. So it's like, I don't know. I didn't mean to like open that can of worms, but <laughs> it is something oh, yeah. like I think about a lot is that, man, maybe coverage needs to also evolve as well to like mm. not have to, you know, not like uh, what is the saying? Like, uh, master of jack of all trades master of none type thing mm -hmm. like right. that that's might what have to be with gaming for some people and maybe some people do prefer that where they just get like rough impressions from you know playing like a few hours or even just 10 to 15 hours and then moving on so yeah but i i, I like oh for us it, like it, it, it does feel like you know it never ends and you miss out on so much yeah right. um so anyway, <laughs> talking mm -hmm. talking about trying games, I don't think we're going to have a lot to talk about this next one, but I wanted to bring this game up because I feel like it's been out of the spotlight for a while. So I'm going to throw that on screen. Uh, and, and this is just a, an announcement of a demo. Scarlet Nexus, uh, which uh. you may remember as that like anime Xbox series uh, title that was shown off before the console was out, is getting a demo. Um, I believe this game is made by Bandai Namco. I could the tales yes, team, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I don't okay, so I'm kind of excited for this. Um, it's not like a I'm huge curious. deal to me, but I feel like the timing is pretty good because I had forgotten about this game. I didn't remember it was a thing at all, and so <laughs> I'm very happy to see that they've uh, they've kind of put or they're planning on putting a demo out. They don't even give a date for it. It just says that it's coming soon and that it'll be soon. first on xbox series x and s i still haven't figured out the the way i i should say that <laughs> xbox think, series of consoles but i think people say xbox series or if you want to either say specifically xbox series x xbox series s or people do the xbox series x slash s uh, it, yeah it's that's so it's so <laughs> weird uh but the int so one thing I wanted to say about this, when I saw you put this on the document, is the thing that actually has nothing to do with the game. It's the, about exclusivity for demos right now. Um, right. Platform exclusivity. Mm. I personally don't have a problem with that because obviously companies need to bolster the strength and value proposition of their platforms. But with how hard it is to get systems right now... I think this is like the worst time to be doing console specific demos. And I feel the frustration of people who like, I, I, I would go out and buy an Xbox right now. If I really love Scarlet Nexus and want to play a demo, but wait, it's kind of too hard to get, especially if it was a PS five exclusive demo. Good luck with that. You know, there's not much <laughs> you can do about that right now. So it would be nice if they were available on more platforms, but yeah, it's definitely a little frustrating with a shortage of, of the next gen consoles. 
yeah, it definitely I is. I mean, I I'm, I'm in that same boat. I I you know would ideally like to get an Xbox Series X at some point, but even if I was actively in the market for one, I couldn't get one. So there's going to be no Scarlet Nexus demo for me either way. And I definitely I think it's a great point. Um, I, I I could certainly understand the frustration on that front. Yeah, I, 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 I'm curious about Scarlet Nexus, but you know, obviously it's like, well, I gotta wait for the demo to come out for a system I have. Oh. I don't have a Series X. There's so. actually well, some yeah. uh, some info yeah. here in the YouTube chat from a uh, Star Knight Ooh. Lumina demo for Scarlet Nexus comes out on Xbox on May 21st, then on PS4 and PS5 on May 28th. That's uh, pretty good. They should have no, put that bad. in the tweet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> seems, it seems like all this. Yeah, yeah, good info to have. Um. Yeah, I do agree that it's kind of, you know, it, it is kind of annoying to see that, you know, it, we can't get these games on, uh, or getting modern consoles is still hard. I actually saw a bunch of my friends trying to get a PS5 today, and I'm like, God, it's been six months yeah. since the console released, and we're still facing these, like, you know, having to fight bots and scalpers just to get a console, which is disheartening. Uh, yeah. I would, I would love it if I could, you know, walk into a store and see a PS5 on a shelf. It would be a lot easier to recommend games to folks mm -hmm. if I knew they could get the hardware to play it on. Um, but at least in this very specific case, uh, the game is available on PS4. So, right, I right. Kind of yeah. wonder why it's not on Xbox One, or maybe it is. Uh, the, the yeah, I'm not sure. The YouTube comment I have in front of me does not mention it, so uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully there's a there's a silver lining. You can play it on Xbox One if that's where you choose to play. Uh, I I kind of have a weird. Um, I I don't really have a preference on which console I play next gen games on right now. I don't think a clear leader in terms of if a game is available on both PS5 and Series X. I don't care too much which console I play it on right now. There's um, unless it's one of those games that makes really great use of the dual sense. I don't have that's what I was going to say a major. Yeah. Pre yeah, but those are by and large, you know, exclusives at this point, like Returnal makes great use yeah. uh, Astrobot, yeah. But I can't think of a game that's a multi plat that has yeah, village makes use of it. Oh, does it? I again, yeah. oh, nice. <laughs> well, it's, no, it's uh, installed. Yeah. I it's just haven't because I'm trying to jam my knife button as fast as possible. And I was like, damn it. It's resisting me. Like, let me swipe faster. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I, I oh, man. That's cool. Um, yeah. it, no, it, like, it is really a shame. Like Steve, you're talking about how people, you know, you're you've seen people who still can't get them. That, that same best friend who is such a hardcore Yakuza fan, he's in that same boat and he's been trying every day. Now he's not like doing nothing else. He has a full-time job. But he's been trying every day almost since launch to get a PS5, and he still hasn't been able to get one. And he's desperate at this point because he just wants to play FF7 Remake Integrate. He's like, I missed Village. I missed Returnal. I missed all this other stuff. I just want FF7. And yet he still, yeah. despite his best efforts, and I'd say he's spending at least a good hour or two most days trying around his full-time oh, job. I'd be can't losing my mind if I didn't have yeah. one. Ratchet & Clank was getting closer and closer. Right? Yeah, oh, exactly. Man. He feels he feels the way about uh, about FF7 like the way you feel about Ratchet & Clank. Like it's it sucks for him. I can't That's wait to talk a little bit more about Ratchet & Clank later in the show because there's a ah, ah my heart, my heart. Um I, I, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say but to say something about Scarlet Nexus, I'm glad it's getting a demo cuz I'm very curious about how this game plays because yes. the Tales, it's the Vesperia team, I believe, that's making the combat for this. 
and Vesperia is one of my favorite combat systems. The Tales series has a great combat system for an RPG, but can they do like a real-time action game through and through and keep that up? You know, their their fights have been confined to like arena-type environments in the past, so I'm really curious how this combat system holds up in a different structure. So um, I'm surprised it's getting a demo. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I, I think that it's the right move because I think that they haven't done enough to communicate what the game is like to folks. And hopefully, hopefully, that we'll have the opposite of the Balan Wonderworld situation where the demo comes out and it convinces <laughs> a lot of people to buy the game. Uh, yeah, I, that'd be nice. Yeah, that would be that would be a nice change of pace to get a demo and, you know, have it not be on a weird timer and have it actually be really fun to play. Uh, that would be a great combination of things to have in a current-gen demo. Um, anyway, though, we could probably talk about... I'm surprised how much mileage we got out of Scarlet Nexus's <laughs> demo. Me too. Um, yeah. I have a feeling, however, that we're going to get a lot more mileage out of this next topic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is the one that the YouTube uh, comments can't stop telling me to get to. <laughs> uh, the next Donkey Kong is allegedly being developed by the team behind Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, this rumor comes from a YouTuber that goes by the name of Lonely Goomba and is backed up by Zippo, a somewhat prominent Resetera user who is known for posting uh, rumors uh with with a track record let's let's say that they have a track record. As, as much as these rumor mongers can have track records because you know right. yeah my, my stance on these type of rumors and people leaking things for clout you know stands <laughs> it's right. like mm, right. what is yeah. worth pointing out here though is that nintendo life says that they can confirm it has heard the same rumor from an yeah. independent and they say very trusted source Mm. Uh, but the difference in terms of what they've heard from their source, it's the claim is that the game will be two or two point five D and not three D, as the original leaker is is claiming. Um, yeah. But it, it does seem as though I mean, this seems like one of those where there's smoke, there's fire situations. Obviously, this is still a rumor; nothing has been confirmed. But given that Nintendo Life is also backing up this story or this rumor and from their own independent source, I feel like we might be in for a new DK game. I and it is so much to say. <laughs> You what? So I have so much to say. Uh, it, of course, if it's true, though, that's the thing. If it's true. So, if it's true. I got excited and slash worked up for nothing. Like that's what I'm with you on the rumor thing. Like I've learned my lesson as someone who hosts a Nintendo focused yeah. podcast. It's like, stop getting so invested in rumors and like, yeah. not truth. Like stop. Mm -hmm. Like this happens yeah. way too much. Even like the Star Fox Grand Prix had so many <laughs> sources backing it up. That's true. And that, was that true or not? Who knows? Like, nothing has come of that since. And it's yeah. like, okay. But you never know. Something as crazy as Mario and Rabbids that everyone laughed at. Like, that can't be real. This sounds horrible. And it's like, yeah. it's not only real, it's amazing. It's like, yeah, <laughs> Well, and so. what, also, what also complicates things is that sometimes things may have been real, but then plans changed. And so exactly. it seems like the rumor was never true, but maybe it was, but plans changed. Like, I still do believe that back in the Wii U days, there was a localized a plan to localize Mother 3. I believe Emily Rogers. I think she was right about that, but I think those plans changed. And that can just mm -hmm. look for all the world like a fake rumor, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, very it, skeptical. It, <laughs> yeah. It, it, I should also mention that I've had a lot of people point this out to me um, in regards to the story that apparently DK Vine um, had a tweet quite a while back uh, i think last year september of last year um 
saying that I've heard I've had it confirmed by multiple sources that uh, this is Nintendo's long-term plan for Donkey Kong. Miyamoto's been advocating it. A lot of the younger EPD staffers grew up with DKC, and uh, since 1993, they've never not had plans for the franchise. Take it for what it's worth, and then uh, somebody else backed them up about that thing. So apparently Nintendo at least has plans for Donkey Kong, according to this. Um, Mm -hmm. Whether or not it actually does anything with them, We'll, we'll we'll say we'll have to see. Right. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I love Tropical Freeze. I love Donkey Kong Country Returns. I like most Donkey Kong games. They're good. <laughs> so yeah, it's. I mean, the the one specific part of this that really excites me again, given assuming this is all true, hopefully it is. Maybe it isn't. Is that uh, Zippo says in his comments, the leaker? Uh, it says in his comments or in their comments that Diddy, Cranky, and the Kremlin crew should all be returning in this installment. So if all this is accurate. That excites the hell out of me because I've wanted the Kremlings to return to this series for so long. Not that I didn't like the Snowmads. The Tiki Tack Tribe was okay. But come on. It's the Kremlings, man. It's King K. Rule. That's DK's rival, man. It's like his arch villain. He's got to be in these games. And It's interesting, though. Didn't one of the sources say, though, that it won't won't have the country moniker, which might imply it's deviating from... They, they don't want to develop a game that was already someone else's work. So yeah, that's the same comments. So would but, they want Kremlins? Back? That that's the thing. I'm excited for Kremlins, but like, would they also want to stay away from that since that's so heavily associated with the? Uh, well, didn't games? Uh, right Donkey Kong King of Swing feature the Kremlings? Did it? Um, right, and so did DK64, and then, you know that wasn't technically a country game either. Of course, that was a rare made game, but yeah, yeah. it was more the other people's work thing, not in stepping on other people's toes. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm both extremely excited and and but also a little worried or like disappointed in this if this turns out to be true. So, to explain that, sorry, (laughs) I'm not going to be thrilled if this means we're not getting a new 3D platformer from Tokyo EPD because I feel like odyssey was ripe for a follow-up we didn't get any kind of significant dlc in terms of like new kingdoms and that team is so talented like i think they're only rivaled by monolith soft uh their main there's main xenoblade studio xenoblade studio in terms of like the best output at at, at, at nintendo probably and i would be very upset if it's only gonna be if if it's going towards like a two two point five platformer if it's an addition if they're working on multiple like platformers or projects then i'm like thrilled this is great like if we're getting this and we're yeah. also getting a 3d mario game and if it's another team like sh- like sure I-, I want i want it all i'm being greedy here um <laughs> so it, but if it's not if it means uh yoshiaki kuizumi is being put on a t- i mean if that's what he really wants to work on then let that man work on whatever the heck he wants he's like one of the best people at nintendo right now one of their best minds but if it's kind of being like forced because like oh we want you to do this i would be a little bit ashamed and disappointed by that yeah i think it makes sense yeah i think if if we were to get a donkey kong game from the odyssey team for me i it would have to be a 3d platformer like a full-on you know nintendo's triple a best effort you know letting their most talented team just explore what they could do with the character that is what i'd want to see I'm not convinced that's what we're getting, uh, but uh, that is <laughs> yeah, what I'd want to yeah, see. Yeah. I, and I, I hate to be the person with like the needle in front of the balloon here, but 
Zippo doesn't have an excellent track record. He just doesn't. No. No, nobody that peddles rumors on on right. Resetera or or anywhere else has an excellent track record. And I get that that could be because of plans shifting and things changing. But a lot of times, a lot of times, I think it's just that uh, a lot of these folks are people that grew up on forums and have their own standards for how they verify information and rumors. And it's it does it wouldn't pass. Uh, journalistic muster in most places and so they might see something that they believe to be credible but they also you know their their experience consists of trading information online um and i've seen zippo report on tons of things that never came to fruition and and just this one sounds too good to be true it, it just with the way nintendo has treated donkey kong over the years i don't think they're gonna put like they're very best and brightest team on it um and but the it has that element of a fake rumor and i'm not going to go as far as to call it fake out now but it has that element of a fake rumor that is critically important and that's that everyone wants it to be true because we don't know what the hell we don't know what the odyssey team has been doing and we we want whatever it is they're doing to be something really great and donkey kong would fit well, yeah. but does everyone want it to be true? I mean, we were just, you know, Damiani was just saying well, that, like, so, if it yeah. is, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the part about it being 2D, because it yeah, sorry. the thing about it that is also this unbelievable, because if it is 2D, Odyssey is, like, at the top of the charts, like, what, like, top five, or it's definitely in the top ten, I forgot what it was, like, top five or six best-selling Switch games right now, outdoing any of the 2D entries. They put, like, the, the Wii U port of uh, New Super Mario's uh, Brothers U, it, it, it would be insane not to follow that up and get, like, the sales numbers. Like, Donkey Kong uh, Tropical Freeze port sold pr- very well for what it was, but if this is truly, like, I hope it's, if this is true, it is a 3D, and I hope it is something that's doing something new and unique. Because I think that's when Nintendo, especially uh, Koizumi's team, is at the best, is when they're given full con- freedom to do whatever they want. That might be have the potential to be like a, a giant seller and and this goes hand in hand with why i think parts of this rumor might, might not be true because it doesn't add up in terms of like being like a huge seller or potential to be like a massive seller because nintendo is predicting that they're going to beat last year's sales figures and look and they have their lineup announced through july with skyward sword hd but we're expecting huge big other titles for the rest of the year if they're going to meet that and like yeah. A 2D Donkey Kong probably isn't going to help that much. It'll be good. It'll sell well. It might be the best-selling Donkey Kong game. But, like, I think a big 3D new Donkey Kong game made by, like, the Mario Odyssey team doing something creative and new, just as insane as Odyssey, like, has that higher potential, I feel yep. like, to, to, to help boost sure. the sales and move Switch units like they want. Yeah, that's, that, that's a good point. I, I, I think I would, like you, Steve, I think I would probably dismiss this rumor out of hand. If not, the only thing that kind of keeps me like, oh, maybe, is the fact that Nintendo Life said they have verified the same kind of thing with an independent source that they trust. Um, and, and that doesn't mean I think it's real. That just is the one thing that's staying my hand from popping the balloon, as it you were saying. It might be one of those things where some version of this is true but not like yeah. the details are being uh, befuddled yeah like yeah right. a new donkey kong is being worked on and it's we're being worked on by epd and you immediately go to the super mario odyssey developers cool but it yeah. might be a different division that worked on other things right um, hard because, to say yeah. because 
a lot of times it feels like these rumors are a game of telephone. It's just like a little bit get changed each time. Um, one person could be saying the same rumor to multiple people. And when they go to talk to each other and talk to each other, it's like, Oh, you got the confirmation too. Oh, sweet. I got, I got a confirmation too. <laughs> Nobody ever reveals their sources because yeah. they don't yeah. want to have the sources. Right. And when you really look at it, yeah. it's only one person saying this and multiple people confirming with that one person. Exactly. Yeah. That's happened many times. That is, <laughs> that is yeah. both. Uh, you just relayed this tale of Metroid prime trilogy and star Fox <laughs> GP in a nutshell there. Right. Um, one thing, though, that, that also kind of gives me pause about this is I think about, um, you know, we've talked a lot about a potential Switch Pro, right? And, and the general consensus is that it'll come out late this year or early next. And I can't help but wonder, you know, Nintendo very clearly caught lightning in a bottle in 2017 with just a group of amazing releases, like one of the best lineups, yeah. one of the best years they've ever had. And... If I was, you know, in the position to make those types of decisions, I mean, we already know that they've got them working on Breath of the Wild too. I would look at the Mario Odyssey team and be like, do that again, please. <laughs> like, please make, it, like, recapture that and release it with our next, like, big hardware release. You know, we'll give you the time you need. I keep thinking to myself that the reason we didn't get Super Mario Odyssey DLC, which would have just done amazing numbers is that they had enough ideas to roll up a sequel and that we're going to get something akin to Mario Galaxy 2, right? Where yeah. originally they were like, oh, we'll do an add-on. And then they're like, you know what? We could make a whole game out of this. Let's just make a whole other game, same engine, and we'll ship it. And I keep hoping that yeah. in 2022, that'll be the year that 2017 like gets gets a, re, a redo. <laughs> yeah. cycle. Yeah, I'm well, Juan just kind of you. said that in the chat. Uh, Juan in their live audience chat said, I think this year could be 2017 too. Steve, you're saying 2022 would be that. But I do, it does seem like we're maybe coming up on another amazing year like that, potentially with the, not, I don't want to say the end of the pandemic, it's not really ending, but but with the, you know, things moving ahead again, in, in a sense. Um, but Steve, you brought up a great point there. And I agree that the, the part of this that doesn't quite fit for me is the Mario element. The fact that I, I'm still surprised that we never got Super Mario Odyssey DLC, and I agree with you. I think that's because they are just working on a straight-up follow-up. And if that's the, the case, how could they possibly do that? And a Donkey Kong game, 3D or 2D, whatever yeah. it is. It, it that, actually that's exists. why I'm skeptical. It's not. It couldn't even be both, like that scenario I was saying earlier. Also, to clarify something earlier, I understand uh, to the YouTube chat, uh, Donkey Kong Country series, both the OG and the Return series, have definitely sold very well. But uh, what, I, what I was talking about was like 20 million plus seller. Like what, what Breath of the Wild experience? Zelda was always a good selling series, one of the, the best. But like Breath of the Wild just blew away anything it had ever done before. And so did, like Odyssey for the 3D entries blows away anything the 3D the 3D series had done before. And I, I think they're shooting for that like the astronomical numbers, like these these Switch mega blockbuster numbers. And on top of everything that you just said about Odyssey, like why would they not be working on Odyssey two? It seemed like they had really great ideas, and they probably just started to, as you said, let's work on Odyssey 2. If they're not working on Odyssey 2, I'd be, I have to believe they're working on a crazy new Mario idea. That's why it's taking so long, is that, oh, we are making a brand new 3D Mario that's even crazier than what you saw before. And I, I could see that, but yeah, some of this just doesn't add up when you look at it you know, closely enough and just think logically. It's like, mm, maybe no. Oh yeah, right. I and mean, one one two. Oh, good. 
Sorry, the the one connection we haven't made here, so I have to make it, is that we've all played Bowser's Fury. And oh, I think yeah. one of the universal ideas that people had when they played that was that it felt like a test bed for new yep. Mario ideas. Yep. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we got something that was just an open world Mario game. And of course, with more powerful hardware, that makes that much easier to realize. I would... That's an idea I'd be happy with, too. Get rid of the boundaries yeah. between kingdoms and let us just go yes. through one big... Oh, man, I could I could well, talk for hours about this. Per, yeah, you're speaking perfect. Of this Fury, exactly, yeah. Well, speaking of Bowser's Fury, that's what I was going to bring up in our live audience chat. 112 said the likely reason for no Odyssey DLC was Bowser's Fury. And I, I find myself wondering, and I, look, I'm never going to wave off how difficult and time-consuming game development is, but do we really think that, that Bowser's Fury would have taken all three years to develop just that portion of it. I don't know if I, if I believe that. Ash, I will say when I talk with, with Simmons, he is the reality check. When I'm like gushing about Nintendo sometimes, he uh -huh. is the one who always reminds me how long some studios are working on a so-called project. It's like, what are they working on? Why is it taking so long? Like it's been X mm. amount of years. Does it really take that long for that to come out? And I have to say probably yes, because I think what we yeah. don't see, because we're not privileged to this, which I would love someday to be able to, like, someone release a documentary or book about it, is how many prototypes, how many scrap things they work on. I mean, that big leak sure. last year kind of did show a little insight into, like, the older eras of how that went, but how many things they go through to get to that final, like, you know, right. what this game is going to be. We never hear or see a lot about it. Even in the Iwata ass stuff, we never got too much of that stuff. You never hear about it, and they will never tell you because they'll shelve that stuff and might revisit it like 10, 20 years later. Oh, remember that thing we worked on? That, right. That's going to become me's now because we worked on that like yep. long ago. Like yeah. at that GDC yeah. panel, it's like, oh my God, like they really don't want you to know they're canceled ideas because they're not really canceled. So I think that's just something we never get to see, and that's why totally. we don't understand like why are they taking so long on this? Totally yeah. good point. And as we were saying, Bowser's Fury itself does feel very experimental. And so it, it is certainly within the realm of possibility to to consider that, you know, even what we got, and I, I enjoyed Bowser's Fury, but even what we got was a result of many different permutations prior to what we actually played. Well, as much as we could talk about Mario probably for another couple of hours, if you've looked right. in the lower right-hand corner of your screen, you might notice that Derek has been storing his energy and that's because of what we're going to talk about next. I didn't realize this came out today. So in the news, I'm like, all right, I'm watching this now because uh, I got I got to be up on the up and up because I I've been uh, busy doing other things today. So woof. yeah. So this this caught me by surprise, uh, which is it, it's not always a welcome surprise because I'm the guy that gets his code here at GVG. So I saw previews for Ratchet and Clank drop. And then, and then for a minute there, I felt like a bead of sweat. And then I realized it was like Game Informer, IGN, PlayStation's own channel. I was like, whew, I right. did not drop the ball on this one because there's no way, <laughs> <laughs> no way I have the the uh, political capital or financial to, uh, to secure something like this. Um, mm, right. But there is a ton of new Ratchet and Clank coverage out there. And I intentionally, I've reached the point in my hype for this game that I'm avoiding it. I'm, I yes, saw some screenshots same. and I was like, man, I already like Sony, you already sold me the game. It's fine. You yeah. got my 70 bucks. We're good. I don't need anything more. <laughs> I'm going to play this when it's on my TV in my house, but ah, I don't want to see it right now from the, from IGN's preview footage. My God, these are so much more dynamic than 
they've ever been before. It feels like they're really taking some lessons from how to make movement just fun uh, from the Spider-Man games. Uh, I mean, I've been... I've been a rat. Oh my god, <laughs> a Ratchet fan since. Sorry, it's just something cool. Um, a Ratchet fan since the original came out uh, in, in 2002, and I'm I still remember that jump uh, when I saw when I went to from PS2 to uh, PS3, and I'm getting that feeling again. This is just like mm-hmm. my god, what they can do now. Um, it is just insane to me, and. God, I can't wait for this game. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah. Uh, I will say my biggest great, uh, the thing I'm most grateful for as a longtime Ratchet and Clank fan, this series never, never got the attention I f- you'd think other ones would get. It was always Jack and Daxter or Sly. R- Ratchet and Clank was always sort of pushed to the side, despite it, in my opinion, being the most consistently good of that original uh, tri- uh, trio of games. And, you know, it's, it's also the one that's gone on the longest. It's just been so consistent. But it never really gets talked about, and it feels so good to finally see people talking about a Ratchet and Clank game, being excited for the Ratchet and Clank game in the way I have been for just about every one of these. And oh my god, it just looks so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm so hyped for this game, just like you guys. I mean, you know, we've we've talked about this in other TNTs where we're covering Rift Apart. I am just so blown away by by the technical showcase that this game is, and just. I can't wait to experience the dual sense stuff. I'm sure I know they're just gonna they're here to gonna nail it. Um, and I'm just excited because this is really my I kind of got into Ratchet and Clank with the PS4 remake of the first game, and that's a game that yeah. Ratchet and Clank hardcore fans constantly hold up as what of how not to remake it. And this I mean, is one yeah. that hardcore fans are hyped for. <laughs> so I feel like I'm in for the most special, wonderful experience. And I'm so excited. It, it, I'm so glad my, I have a PS5. I, I don't know how difficult it is to get at this point, but I really cannot recommend um, Tools of Destruction and uh, Crack in Time. Uh, for the, I did the play Tools of Destruction. I did play that, actually, my bad. Yeah, because the, the, the thing is, a lot of times, a lot of these Ratchet & Clank games get developed in a very very short amount of time believe it or not that ratchet and clank remake 10 months was yeah no we've That's talked crazy. about that which is incredible and yeah no i actually i didn't finish it but i did play about half of tools of destruction and i'm not sure why i stopped i think i was just busy but i enjoyed it but i think the remake was what really kind of brought me into the series proper and so, I know that that's not even a popular remake. So yeah, and, and it's it's good. It's it's fine. I enjoyed it myself, but it's you know it, it was definitely, in my opinion, a, a bit of an improvement in some things over the original. But that's because the original is just so old at that point. Um, the, the the fact that uh, Rift Apart here has had way more development time than most other Ratchet and Clank games, you can see it on on the screen. It is just. Mm-hmm. The one Real. thing that I'll say about this game, I, I I caved and I watched like the first couple like minutes of footage, um, because I I like to see these games captured outside of the control of the publisher, and you know because there's always the chance, albeit slim, that that the pub you know when we see these gameplay demos in in state of play or wherever you see them, uh, that it's not representative of what you'll play when you have the game at home. And I, I assume, because like I said, I, I stayed as far away from hearing about the games as I could. I assume that these are on PlayStation 5 consoles that are owned by these outlets and that they're playing them in an uncontrolled environment. Um, but damn, 
it looks every bit as good as it did, you know, when Sony themselves were showing it off. And that was all I needed to see. I just checked real quick. I'm like, yep, still looks great. <laughs> I'm moving here, weapon combinations and new weapons. Well, new weapons, but also kind of returning weapons. New new variations on classic weapons in here that are just making me happy. Um, it really does look fantastic. Oh, uh, yeah. So, oh, okay. so a, a I'm sorry. Thinker fan. Yep. In, you're just doing that. The, hands the off. demo was hands off. So, uh, oh, hands off. Okay. Which I mean, it still looks pretty captured, you know? I was but it say, is very controlled I'm, for sure. I'm not yeah. sure because we, we had one go up on Easy Allies. Michael Huber did it because he's our big Ratchet and Clank fan as well. We need to, mm. need, to we need to hook him up when that game comes out. You need to have him on. Yes. Oh, I'd love to talk about Ratchet nice. and Clank. Would love that. Yes, um, but yeah, I, I wasn't sure about the details, so I wasn't sure. Uh, I definitely like knew he didn't go somewhere for it, so I was like, mm -hmm. so when I, I, I didn't know. But I'm I'm, I'm with uh, uh, for this. I, I'm more like uh, you, Ash. Uh, I only played the 2018 remake, re whatever it was, and told it was not very well viewed by veterans. But, I mean, the last state of play for this game, I was like, I'm sold on this game. I can't oh, yeah. wait to play this game. <laughs> Everything oh, yeah. you said about it, like, I believe. As someone who's, like, not into this, hasn't really been in the series, I believed it. They made this series, I me mean, hype for this series. Yep. Um, it, it's one of those games that actually legit looks next-gen. With all these other mm -hmm. games that have been, like, teased that are still, like, cross-gen, this one... Both like on the technical aspect of like the instant loading looks so good, but the all the stuff going when they looked into that city area and they saw all the flying cars, everything going on at once, I was just like, okay, even if this is a scripted part, this is pretty insane. All these moving components going on, having to be rendered in real time. Mechanics look so appealing to me, like the gunplay looks really fun, but the mm -hmm. traversal abilities, like because this is at heart like an action platformer series, and I love platforming. The the the, the like the like grappling hook laser thing the lasso thing they were doing and then running mm. wall ring i was like you're speaking to me this looks <laughs> yeah. great like it's just Hell like yeah. perfect same mm. same yeah it, it seems to have an increased focus on platforming again i can't say that as a veteran of the series but just based on the state of play it does seem like they're at least i don't want to say doubling down but they're at least focusing a bit more on the platforming they than found I a way to sort of enhance the platforming more so than because mm. it's always been kind of you know the basic ideas of it um, right. I just feel like I remember the 2018 remake being more shooter than platformer, but I also... And, and there's a few Ratchet & Clank games that are definitely more shooter than platformer. Even by the third what? game in the series, it was more shooter than platformer gotcha. at that point, because that was what made them unique. Um, right. A lot of the... You never really had... If you look at the big three, they're not really um, traditional platformers in the same sense. It's, you know, Jack and Daxter was a platformer, but in GTA... Sky uh, Sly Cooper, yeah. a platformer, but with adventure and kind of more of a, a you know thief adventure element to it, and of course Ratchet and Clank was on a platformer, but a shooter as well, and right. I, it just to you go into Damiani's whole thing about the the city and how it's living and breathing. Even back to the original uh, on PS2, there was a gun called the Visabomb, which you guided uh, yourself and could control, and it went. For as long as you had it, you know, you could nice. guide it throughout That's the wild. entire level, which means they had to have the entire level viewable at all times. It wasn't just rendering it as times it goes on. Insomniac, it's why uh, these games are kind of hard to port because Insomniac is very well known for kind of finding cheats within the system itself to make all that work. It's so highly customized that when you take it off that original platform, it's a little harder. 
Right. So, um, Derek, just just to piggyback off that, while I got your attention, you and Utterkambi in our live audience chat, I'm going to put you in the spot. They ask, Derek, out of all Ratchet and Clank games, which one is your favorite and why? Uh, Kraken Time. It's a lot of people's favorite, but that's for a good reason. It has the best, uh, great balance of uh, Ratchet and uh, Clank gameplay. Clank has his own thing. Ratchet has his own thing. Uh, the puzzles are very fun. The new weapons are great. Uh, best emotional story to it. Probably the funniest and, uh, and most enjoyable that the villain of Rift Apart um, and Nefarious has ever been. And just so, f- I just stood out immediately. Just so much freaking nice. fun. And according to one, nice. made in nine months. That's just Jeez. the turnaround Insomniac does is insane. God. Dang. Yeah, that's Ooh. incredible. So real quick, I, the one thing I want to mention about Ratchet & Clank before we move on is that I'm excited that one of the biggest like AAA PlayStation exclusive games is one that I also feel like I'd be okay playing in front of or even with my kids. Mm. And oh, that yeah. is so rare outside of Nintendo to get a good, like, you know, their best effort and have it be a game that is appropriate for all ages, really. Uh, you know, my son and my daughter, they're both playing games on their own now my son just beat mario odyssey which was like a proud dad moment for me i was like oh my god he's one of my own um but you know i i'm excited to show him ratchet and clank and show my daughter ratchet and clank and and see what they think of it because i feel like it's amazing to think that i've got kids that are at an age where 20 years from now they'll be like ah remember that primitive ass ratchet and clank we played when we were little (laughs) (laughs) i'm like steve you're saying god Steve, you're saying you wouldn't play The Last of Us Part Two with your kids? I'm shocked, man. I'm confused. I know, man. Why, I'm, I'm why such a bad not? dad. I, I coddled oh, yeah. them so much. Uh-huh. I love these, uh, these, you know, these child friend, child friendly Ratchet and Clank games when they have titles like uh, Quest for Booty <laughs> up your arsenal. See, that's the best part, though. My kids don't know what that means yet. Oh, it's, it's like if they do, I got a problem. It's like, oh my god, how'd they get away with that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, as much as we could continue to talk about this, I have a feeling that this next one's going to dovetail into PlayStation Talk anyway. So let me throw that up on screen. And uh, this comes courtesy of IGN. Valve president Gabe Newell, or the Gaben, as he's known on the internet, has hinted at the idea of Steam-only games coming to consoles and said we should know more by the end of this year. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm just going to throw out my quick hot take on this. Uh, he's talking about Half-Life Alex, and he's talking about it being on PSVR 2. That's mm, that's where, where I think that that's going. Sense. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a seller two. right there. Yeah, and Half-Life 2 finally coming to consoles, I guess, was the other big thing I kept seeing I, or something. I thought I wasn't it wasn't have like two on consoles with the 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 what was it the orange oh, box? Yeah, dad. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. I'm not as I'm not the biggest uh, you know Valve follower. Me, but Alex uh, Alex was like the obvious one. It's like mm. Alex needs to be played more more people. It's kind of like it's got it's gotten high praise. It won our Easy Allies Game of the Year award, and <laughs> I couldn't even pl- I couldn't even play it. Uh, because of uh, I can't really play motion VR games because of my motion sickness. Mm-hmm. Um, but cost very cost prohibitive for the for what it's on. So it coming to consoles and perhaps other VR solutions makes it maybe a little bit more accessible. More people get to enjoy that. Um, so I'm I'm with you. I'm with you, Steve. That I think this is the, like the most obvious thing 
that uh, that this implies. Yeah. yeah, when I um when I read the specs for the PSVR2, specifically the controllers, I was like, "Oh, it has finger tracking just like the $1500 Index." I was like, "What are what are the odds Valve is going to port Alex to this?" I mean, it just seems like it makes sense. I imagine the PSVR2 will come in at no less than 400 bucks. Or, or no more than four hundred bucks is what I should say. I hope that they target the two ninety nine they've hit with the original PSVR, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Right. I so mean, I'm, I'll go ahead, Jared. I was just saying, like, what other Steam only games are there? Because <laughs> that's my question. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, what Define Valve what developed Steve Steve only uh, Steam only <laughs> games are there? <laughs> yes. Games exclusive to me. I have all of them. I love playing games. Where's that list? One one two says Portal, but no, no, like Portal and all that stuff has been ported to consoles before. Like, Left for Dead on consoles. Like, what is only on Steam? Now I'm saying (laughs) only on on Steam. (laughs) I'm not even sure it matters because Twitter. I'm not even sure it matters this discussion because Twitter is coming through as always with the spiciest takes. And the first reply to this tweet by IGN is. PS5 and Xbox players will both agree that we don't want any trash PC games. Well, guys, <laughs> I guess the discussion's been shut down. For me. Some Smoking men the crack just on Twitter watch the said nobody yes. cares. Yeah. I, I think that might be it. Yeah, the, uh, these games might have come out previously, but they, they haven't been, like, brought forward yet. So they're not available yes, on, like, true. the current-gen consoles. So that might also be implying, like, hey, our catalog is also coming back to consoles. It's been a while. You know, it's been over a generation since you've seen any of these games come out, or, or Valve exclusives, or Steam exclusives. It would be interesting to get, like, uh, what is it, Black Mesa, that um, oh, right. Half-Life remake. One, yeah. Uh, yeah. Steve, I have to ask you, now that I've, I'm armed with the new knowledge that you are, in fact, a gaming platform, Sammy Escamilla in the YouTube chat claims that you have the English version of Mother 3. Is that true? Can I play Mother 3 English? Mother Mother 3 is, in fact, available on Steve. Nice, nice. <laughs> That's going on Twitter later. All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next story. We're winding down here, I promise. Uh, this one is, I don't know, it's the kind of stuff you hear every day, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, this comes from Nibel on Twitter, courtesy of Wired. Uh, PlayStation's Herman Hulse told Wired that there are 25 first-party titles in development for PlayStation 5 and that nearly half of them are new IPs. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Cool. I like that. I mean, it's it's the same thing I think we've all heard about every platform since the dawn of time. You know, people making games. Some of those games are new games. Um, right. Yeah. I'm, I don't think that the PlayStation 5 in particular is necessarily hurting from a lack of games. Certainly not in the same way that the Xbox series of consoles, or however they're called, Xbox series is hurting. Uh, Microsoft <laughs> still has yet to release a big-name game. Um, and while PlayStation certainly isn't just hammering out exclusives left and right, they do have kind of this nice cadence going throughout the year of, you know, bigger titles. Um, I, I would like to see more coming out of their first and second party studios, but I'm also not, I mean, I, I find a reason to turn this PlayStation on every week. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the, honestly, the most interesting thing out of this, I um, you're mention it. Yeah. I, I think I, yeah, Ash, I, of course, Ash yeah. is also going to mention it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Nibel mentions that in the article says Ember Labs, who's developing Kena Bridge of Spirits, appears to have started to work on their next title as well, which will utilize the advantages of PS5. It's like, oh, cool. They're already making more stuff. Um, right. 
That was that, actually not the part. Well, I was going to mention that he too. He was talking Horizon. The part I was going to mention first. Yeah, I was going to say, according oh, to the Wired hey. article, Horizon Forbidden West is still slated for this year. That doesn't mean it's confirmed still coming this year, but it still right. is slated at the moment for this year. Yeah. It's like, I well, I'm still skeptical it'll hit this year, but you never know. Me too. You know. Crossing mm. my fingers, but yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I'm skeptical as well. More optimistic about it than God of War <laughs> coming out this year. Yeah, yeah there's God no way God of War, God of War is coming out this year. <laughs> no way. No way. I think, I, would... I think Horizon has a chance, but God of War, I don't think, is going to happen this year. We haven't even seen it yet. Is right. this story like only getting any kind of traction because of all the kind of like stuff that was happening in the last few weeks about Sony closing studios, Sony only focusing on the the narrative that it whole could thing be about like that somebody's... that was like misconstrued and like this is reassuring people. No, we're gonna have a lot of games. Like, so, like there, there's a, still a lot of games in development. We're not winding down and only focusing on a fewer bigger games. Like we got a lot. And that new IP thing is like, yeah, we're still making new things. We're gonna be like, we're still creative here over at Sony, and I, yeah, I wouldn't doubt Sony when it comes to you know their first party because I mean, obviously you know people love to sing praises of like you know Nintendo first party being strongest, but like Sony is like almost equally as impressive in my book. And some of their like first party efforts sure. in the last few years have been like freaking fantastic. Yeah, well, I, yeah, and I agree with that. And I find myself wondering because of the strength of their of their first party IPs, you know, we've we've been told that Horizon's coming this year. Uh, God of War, we've not been told is coming this year, but we no one really thinks it is anyway. But my question is, let's say Horizon doesn't make it, and God of War probably won't make it. Do they lean on third parties for the rest of the year? Because after Ratchet and Clank, I'm trying to think of what we know they're bringing out this year, first party wise. Well, maybe it's sticking to you know the fact that. It's E3. We got announcements in E3. Well, you I guess forgot they, the biggest thing E3, that's coming. What? What is? What did I forget? The official PS5 update to Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh, oh, that's God. right. No, yeah, thank God. Obviously, one of the obviously. best-selling games of all time. We're gonna carry yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was at first second. I was like, shit. Did I really do forget something <laughs> obvious and big? Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I just wonder, like, what happens if Horizon Two doesn't make it? Are, that's six months of no first-party releases on on PlayStation. Essentially, that would shock me, but it's not impossible. And of course, you know the the third-party support on on PS5 is fantastic. But um, you know, of course, there are games like Kina and and that I'm Solar Ash that I'm looking forward to. But I'm talking about first-party big releases that you know on the Sony. End. I mean, at least Sony's had a few more than Xbox. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, <laughs> a few more than none is is. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, the yeah. Xbox had that one horror game that you played. Oh, the medium. Oh, right. That's right. Medium. Yeah, the medium. Uh, oh. I, I don't know if I'd rather have... Uh, I, I don't want to go as far as calling the medium a bad game, but I definitely think it fails at what it sets out to do. Um, hmm. It's not scary. It, it it tries to be... It tries to be too different than what it's uh, attempting to emulate at the cost of being interesting um it robs itself as of its own tension is what i would say um right all right before we move on to the next story we got a super chat uh and i'm i apologize i'm not going to pronounce this correctly but i'm going to do my best uh looks like it comes from renee de ecte uh with a five euro donation and all they've got to say is i really want a new donkey kong game me too same don't we all? Same. I'd be cool with that. Yep. I, if I would be glad to be wrong about that rumor, I would be really happy. I would. I would. Right. 
say I'm I was wrong all day with a smile on my face if we got an EAD made 3D Donkey Kong. Damn, it'd be amazing. <laughs> my my ideal scenario for that is we get what you said, Steve, an EAD made 3D Donkey Kong, but that the country series still continues. And I might get a little blowback for this, but Ukulele and the Impossible Lair was so fucking good that I would like to see them take on a, a proper DKC4. I, I think they could they could nail it. Uh, I, I get why people might not agree with that after the original ukulele, but we haven't played. No, the Impossible Air is it's, great. It is so much better, and it is a what, fantastic game. What they do with the world map, every oh, oh yeah, that right? Wow, yeah, like yeah. that was it. That, like, that was something I expect from like Nintendo in terms of innovation. That was like seriously, insane. yeah. Um, by the way, Rene de Ecte says you got it right, Steve. Hey, all those hey, years yeah. of foreign language classes in high school paid off. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Not that I, I don't even know what language I tried to pronounce, but uh, hey, thanks. I guess it's I French. appreciate it. <laughs> I tried my best. All right. So uh, we got one last story and I wanted to bring this up because I feel like there's a lot of confusion around this story circulating on Twitter specifically. Let me throw that on screen. Uh, this comes to us by way of Video Game Chronicle or VGC, as some of you all may know it. Uh, and it states... Ubisoft is shifting away from its traditional strategy of releasing three to four premium AAA titles each year, but plans to launch high-end free-to-play games for all its biggest franchises. And this came from a uh, update on their game development strategy during their earnings call uh, that happened yesterday, uh, basically saying they wanted to be less reliant on those kind of big annual AAA games that we talked about. Uh, a lot of folks took this to mean that Ubisoft was going to be producing far fewer AAA games and leaning way heavy into the free-to-play arena. And uh, Ubisoft themselves mm-hmm. reach, reached out to VGC to correct them and say that doesn't mean they're going to release fewer premium games. It just means that they want to find a way to better monetize that free-to-play model. Which is, I mean, that's that's just a fancy way of saying we're doing what literally everyone else is doing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Right. I mean... Yeah. Didn't it also come out that EA like announced their financials and like only twenty five percent of their revenue comes from actually selling their games? Uh, like yeah. The game itself, the rest is from like DLC, microtransactions, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I read something uh, about that. I think um, you're right. Yeah, it was either EA or somebody recently said that. Yeah, that those supplementary transactions and. I mean, someone posted that graph that showed like uh, uh, the 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 market share of what each kind of category has. And while consoles still big, it's clear that like free to play slash mobile is like just expanding and is like massively dwarfing, you know, just what you can make on console and even PC console combined. So yeah, it's good they clarified the stance because I can understand like the the concern. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, I want my more, I want my traditional Assassin's Creed games still. What, don't make them like a free to play game. It's like no, they're still gonna make those games as you said. But mm-hmm. the the they said like what's the quote? Uh, free to play becoming a larger share of the revenue pie. It's not an indication that there will be less traditional paid games like a like in uh I'm crossing yeah Animal Crossing <laughs> that's the next crossover uh, yeah like they said like it's expanding not not changing so it's just them you know as you said doing what everyone else is doing and I I I, I don't I guess maybe people were concerned that some of those more shady or questionable business practices will start creeping into their quote-unquote like traditional games but until it actually happens it's like kind of you know 
there's nothing really like you can do about that, you know, other than vote when you want when the time comes. <laughs> yeah, don't don't worry. This doesn't mean that that Beyond Beyond Good and Evil Two isn't still coming this year. Totally, this doesn't this doesn't. Oh yeah, obviously that's um, happening. <laughs> it's oh, funny. There's still it still has an official website and it says release Stop. coming soon. This is the dirtiest joke. How would why would they even say coming Just soon? Give up point? on it. Well, did God. they right? did they ever officially can Steep for the Switch? That was like I a Switch launch did. title. <laughs> I think they did officially can it, but I, if if I remember correctly, but I I don't quote me on that. I feel like they did though. Yeah, maybe. I I just remember it being a very long time of utter silence. One one two says they did officially cancel it. So. Oh okay. Okay. Hey, well. Okay. Eventually, so we'll eventually get the cancellation <laughs> on this too. That's all I'm saying. Um. Oh, totally. Yeah. I I hope that they find a way to finish that game, but I I have major doubts uh but yeah it's not a big deal ubisoft is is moving into you know they're they're going to try to get money however they can get money if that means premium free-to-play game, they're basically this is a very long-winded way of saying they want to make a Fortnite competitor which is what every yeah. publisher wants to do oh yeah every single one mm-hmm. a premium if you don't think there's not going to be a halo battle royale you're crazy yep right. i got advertised yeah. uh warzone on my ps5 today i, I was like no for the hundredth time, no. <laughs> I just, yeah. I don't, I don't have a hundred gigs to give you, Activision. Um, right. Well, they've been monetizing. Yeah. Uh, what was it the, the Rainbow Six Siege and the the Division Two? Like, I'm not as familiar with those. Are those just like standalone pay games? Do they? Do they? I believe you just yeah. buy them, but they have season passes every year. So those seem like the two games, or those types of those types of games seem like the most ripe for going in that direction potentially. Yeah. They very kind of already have because they did announce that uh, the Division Heartland is uh, more of a standalone experience that's going to be um, oh it's a mobile game sorry as well yep um, it's free to but it's free to play and all that uh, I, I understand that the Division is more like um, oh what's it called the one from Bungie uh, oh. Um... Can't remember. Are you thinking of Destiny? All of those kinds. Of yeah, no, Destiny. Thank you, frequent Positron. I almost said Anthem. I was like, damn, no, I was, okay, yeah. Destiny. Well, Anthem was trying to do this that game. too. Get a room full of Nintendo fans together and ask them to think of a service <laughs> game. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say it's kind of sort of Destiny-like. I played a lot of the original Division, um, but some of the things that bothered me about that game weren't fixed in the Division Two, and so I. I fell off of the division two very quickly i mean within days um just i it's hard for me to play a game in a realistic setting where i have a gun and i can shoot a guy in the head and he can just walk away (laughs) he's like oh that hurt (laughs) man you're a jerk and just it, it seemed weird to me because instead of like giving you i i like the idea of a setting like that and i understand that they have to ratchet up the difficulty somehow but making a guy able to tank like five shots to his brain just takes me <laughs> out of the game. I'm like, I shot you in your brain. You should be dead. <laughs> yeah. That just uh, makes me think, I mean, since I've been playing village so much, it's like, you know, I do shoot those guys in the head a lot and they don't die very quickly, but they're monsters. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was going to say, at least in, in the context of that, it's reasonable because you've got an eight foot tall vampire lady and stuff. I, I These are just dudes wearing like winter wear. <laughs> like you guys should uh, i'm pretty sure none of that stops a bullet i'm just saying all right. right well with that 
before before I do this, because we are specifically bet, we have a super chat from Skull Kid Tiger for two dollars <laughs> that says, "Happy Wednesday." Bet you won't read this. Ha ha! You've been proven wrong. We did. <laughs> Wait, how much are we betting though? That's what I want to know. How much do we? Yeah, I know. Win? I don't know what the stakes of this bet were, but we won, yeah. and that's what's yeah. important. I think that's, get, I think that's get, a exactly. moral victory. You get a brand new Steve yeah. console. That's right. Yes. Nice. Yeah. That's right. It's like the KF console, but with less chicken. More chicken, probably. All right. I figured it'd be more chicken. Yeah, yeah I, I had to think about that one for a sec. I, I measured myself real quick. I'm like, nope, definitely more chicken. <laughs> all right. With that, we've covered all of the major headlines from today's news. But before we go, Damiani, where where can we find you? You know, like a channel like five times our size. <laughs> oh, you want to know the channel. So, yeah, you could check us out. All of our video content that is free is on YouTube.com slash Easy Allies. Um, we also are a Patreon-funded uh, organization, so patreon.com slash easyallies if you want to get access to some of our patron-exclusive content, like our shows, like Achieve It Yourself, which is wrapped up, and Minigame Champions, which is about to start up again. Um, if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Twitter, at uh, Damianicus on Twitter, and uh, it's at easyallies for our Twitter handle, and uh, twitch.tv slash easyallies if you want to watch any of our streams, including... Uh, Potentially our uh, our reactions to E3 coming up in about a month, hopefully. Oh <laughs> man, it's gonna be a busy month for all of we'll us. See if yeah, we'll see if that uh, Donkey Kong rumor is true or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. is that is true. I keep thinking about the specter of E3, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's actually going to happen to some degree this year. We're we're gonna have to cover some some kind of homunculus of, of E3 <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm excited for it. I'm very excited mm -hmm. to be able to be back in that kind of hype zone and, and talk about games and, and be fully immersed in it in a way that we haven't in quite some time. And E3 still manages to provide that value in a way that other shows just don't. Uh, mm -hmm. So, well, what's yeah. kind of cool about that, too, is that it's a bit of a uh, milestone for us personally in the sense that even though it is still a virtual show, it is technically the first show we get to cover as Team GVG, the three of us. So that'll be that really cool. is correct, my friend. Yeah. But we're reaching the end of our show. It's been a long one today, and that's fun. <laughs> I always like it when we have these, uh, when we're able to have spirited discussion and have them go a little bit longer. But as you all know, this is where I go into the bit where I talk about how, oh, God, our credit screen is just terrifying. Um, <laughs> it, is a, it is a nightmare mess on the screen right here. Oh, dear. But, oh man, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, oh, guys. I'm um, still on vacation. Um, hopefully y'all can, can see the, the yes. credits. I have to, I have to give a big thank you to our patrons at the producer tier for helping <laughs> to make this show happen. The bits of my face that are scattered all over the screen are very happy to be saying this. I promise. Um, we couldn't do this without you. It means the world to us that you guys are supporting us and helping us do the things we love to do. Talking about games with all y'all, uh, three days a week, doing these weekly discussions, doing these previews reviews all that stuff we couldn't do it without your support um but we have to give an extra special thank you to our patrons at the executive producer tier and above for helping to make this show happen for helping us keep the proverbial lights on and for helping us scramble our faces all over the internet in a very terrifying way uh, i apologize for the nightmares you're undoubtedly going to experience because of this but so much ash <laughs> i know yeah. take that ash times four today here we go those fine folks include jared edinger Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Idiono Ben, Dan and Twistle, Dennis J, Z Patty, 
Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, It's ATM, Octo Puppet, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Aiko Carroll, The D-Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Vedran Hotik, 112, Macalau, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Alessia, Azran127, Kenrule09, Jake Pelka, Geller, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Charlie Bird, Geeky Griffin, Lucky Wonderfish, Top Dog 23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Doug Chomix, Andrew Medeiros, Orem M, Sakuragi, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Fizzywig Hoyd, Critmonger, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kayed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Masterlinks, Dina, Coda, Michael McCaw, Matthew Wong, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Hoobie, Wolf X Blake and Moon Macarons, Ascaron 809, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes and 60 Seconds, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Ravelox, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, My Mom, Hi Mom, Kotar Peck, Scuff196, Skull Kid Tiger, AJB Cool, Blizzica, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Wheezy Penguin, Darik, Stefan Nelson, Ray Clausen Jr., and finally, Nathan, the voice actor. And remember that you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming, where for as little as $5 a month, you can join our live audience here on the side and have access to our exclusive post show as well as ad-free content. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to subscribe to GVG for fewer terrifying times like those <laughs> and uh, more <laughs> episodes of TNT in the future. Uh, good night, everyone. And good vibes. Good night, everybody. Bye.